Hey everybody, uh, we got another topic to do. Remember, um, you can send all your questions to uh, our email address at thebest30minutes at gmail.com. That's the best, the number three zero, the word minutes spelled out at gmail.com. There are no spaces or anything, all of that together. But also, um, I didn't really think about it, but my wife pointed out that a lot of people don't use email and it might just be easier also um, to just text the question so we have a separate line that you can use if you want to just text the questions if that would be easier and the number for that is 901-321-9357 um, I also want to note that if you dial that number more than likely you may not get uh, an answer on that because this line mainly is going to be used just for this particular thing of sending questions or whatever. Now, there have been cases where people wanted prayer and everything. And as I said, if you do want prayer or something like that, uh, or whatever the case may be that needs uh, a conversation, then that'll be the number that we will reach you back on but just on a regular basis if somebody call that number you probably won't get an answer on it because we mainly just will be using it for the interaction of this uh particular ministry or whatever that we've been doing but um today's question we're going to deal with will god ever give up on us and what does the scripture really mean or deal with when it talks about uh god turning you over to a reprobate mind all right, this, uh, I think the first thing we should do is kind of talk about what that even means to have a reprobate mind. So reprobation is found in the scripture. Uh, basically, when a sinner is so hard to feel no remorse or misgiving of their conscience, it is considered a sign of reprobation. Now, the word conscious is interesting because it's made up of two words, con and science. And, and what that means, con means wit and science means knowledge. So that means when we're doing something that's wrong or misleading, we're doing it with knowledge. God created every person with a conscience. So you get that feeling like I'm not supposed to be doing it. So this is weird or whatever the case may be. Um. Uh, but as I said, reprobation is when you become so hardened in your feelings of not feeling remorse for those things. Um, that's a good sign of reprobation. So oftentimes when we're at church or have gone to church or even just the thought of church, you often hear um, the biggest message of Jesus died for our sins. And that is very true. And I will say this in particular when it comes to uh, the gospel. When God has me teaching the gospel and, and uh, doing lessons, I've noticed. Uh, and this was something that God was speaking to me, matter of fact, just yesterday. When it comes to prophecy in the church today, people use it. Most of the time when you hear people prophesying and everything, we only think of it as a one-way thing. You prophesying and telling somebody about something good that's coming their way. 
and the church uh, has really misled the, the people with the understanding of prophecy. Now, don't get me wrong, that, you know, if the message is something that good is going to happen to somebody, then that's what you say. But when you read the Bible, the majority of the time that a prophet is speaking is usually when God is preparing the people for something that's about to happen or God is giving them information for something so that they can pray um, to prevent something from happening or whatever. It's not usually, hey, you got a blessing on the way and stuff like that. That's very rare in the Bible. You see that being the message of the prophet. But when you look in today's time, that's usually the only thing you hear when somebody's prophesying. Uh, and so usually just, you know, and I just brought that up because, I, you know, in the beginning when God would speak to me and give me certain things, I often would find that it would be stuff that's not good. And so sometimes I would hesitate telling these things because I would feel like, man, it just feels like I'm only getting thoughts and dreams and visions of stuff that's just not good. And that's when God had to lead me to show me these particular things. When God show you something about a person, it's for you to warn them or pray for them. Um, in some cases, it's for you to be aware of those people. But uh, it's, it's not a matter of uh, that God only shows us bad. Um, there, there are reasons for that. And so... Basically, what I'm getting at is, especially like in the day and time that we're in right now, knowing the things that are about to happen and the things that are happening, if that is the only thing that the church is prophesying, is your miracle and your blessing is on the way, then that is, is something wrong because God is clearly shaking up the land. The things that are happening right now in the Bible I can tell you 100% are lining up with the return of Jesus Christ. Also, with the setting up of the mark of the beast uh, and the reign of the devil. So, I can tell you the total opposite. This is the time of preparation right now for those who love God. Because some things are really about to happen in the earth. And I don't want to spend too much time on that, getting away from the question, but... How do you get to this point of a reprobated mind? When you willingly continue to sin and ignore the many convictions of God, it will lead you to a reprobated mind or a reprobate mind. Um, as a matter of fact, as, as I mentioned, the Bible does talk about, and we often hear that preach that God uh, died for our sins, and he did, and that is so true. I'll never forget, though, after I really got a good understanding of what that means for God to die for our sins. Uh, the Lord took me to another scripture because once you learn that the Lord died for your sins, you can often misuse that into an excuse for you to keep on sinning. And, and you can say, well, the Lord died for my sins, so I can keep sinning because he died for whatever sin that I'm going to do 
And so like all of us, we humans, we often think we can outsmart God. Let's be honest. We don't say that with our mouth, but we say it with our actions and we think it privately to ourselves as if God don't know what we're thinking. And so I found myself in that same situation one time and the Lord led me to the scripture in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. It says, for if we sin willfully after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no sacrifice for sins. So in other words, what God is saying here is, yes, I died for the sins of mankind. But I've also died so that you may know the truth. And so therefore, God basically is saying you can't outsmart me. So in other words, I've given you the truth. I've given you time to know the truth. I've given you time to adjust to the truth. Once you've come into the knowledge of truth and I've told you and I've showed you, if you continue to willfully sin, when it comes time for me to judge you, you won't be able to say, well, Lord, you died for my sins because he's telling you right here in this scripture. Yes, I did. But if you continue to willfully sin after knowing the truth, that whatever it is, that particular sin you're doing is wrong. You may have not knew it initially when you was doing it, but I brought the truth to you concerning that thing, and now you want to continue in it. There no longer remains a sacrifice for that. All right, let's give you another example in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1, I believe it is. And as I said, uh, God has covered every basis I, I had just like anybody else stuff planned out that i thought i would be able to use and god totally um outsmarted all of us romans chapter one i'm gonna read uh verses 20 20 through 28 all right so it says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him, not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, vain and their foolish heart and was darkened. Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Verse 23, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into image made like to corruptible man and to birds and uh, four-footed beasts and creeping things. Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Verse 25, who changed the, the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creatures more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26, for this cause gave them up into vile affections, for even their women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. Verse 27, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of a woman burned in the lust toward one another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving it in themselves, that recompense 
of their error which was met in the last verse and even as they did not like to retain god in their knowledge god gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient so in other words god is saying it gets to a point and in this particular passage the people had got to a point where rather than worship god they had started worshiping all kind of other things the sun the moon the stars they built idols to worship before god they started men being with men women with women and so god gets to the point just like he said in verse 28 okay it even got to the point to where they didn't want to even retain the law of god you want to get rid of the ten commandments that out of your society not think about them you want to get rid of the reading of the word and not think about it why because these things convict you of what you're doing wrong so if you remove them then hey you don't have to think about them think about it in the sense of when you grew up you were taught the ten commandments you even may have prayed in school that was in the school system but if you think about it, this generation is a lot worse because they didn't have those things in school if you were taught these things when you were young as you do them they're going to stand out in your mind and you're going to be like oh man i shouldn't do that but think about it, if you have no knowledge of it then you're going to do these things and feel no guilt over it. and so the society is going to eventually become even worse and so god says because they don't want to retain the knowledge of me then i'm going to give them over to a reprobated mind that's why we see each generation is becoming worse and worse not better and better but becoming worse and worse uh because god is basically turning each generation over further and further now here's the thing about it uh, let's focus a little bit more on how you can know if you're at that point a person with a reprobate mind they continue to reject the salvation of god they continue to reject the doctrine of god you continue to uh to reject the correction of god and a person with a reprobate mind is a person who has gone so far um, in this rejection and into their sin that he or she is not convicted by the Holy Spirit anymore. And basically, a person at that point, you're destined for hell. Because if you understand what the Holy Spirit uh, really is, or should I say really who the Holy Spirit really is, then that's the job of the Holy Spirit. One of the jobs of the Holy Spirit uh first of all the holy spirit is the power of god and all of these things in which we do or need or operate through is done by the holy spirit but uh one of the great purposes or jobs of the holy spirit is also is to convict god's people so that means let us feel sorrow and wrong for the things that we're doing so when you get to the point where you're comfortable in doing stuff that's wrong you you destined for hell because think about it how can i want to turn away from it if i'm no longer being convicted of it i'm okay with it that's why you see certain people and the world try to categorize it as something else we see people who will kill people they'll be on trial and there's no remorse and we say how can somebody be so evil that they don't feel bad about this how can you do this and you don't feel nothing about it. That's a person that's been turned over to a reprobate mind. You know, any normal person is, is you know, you're stunned by some of the stuff you're seeing. How could you just walk away and don't apologize? How can you go day after day like 
<laughs> nothing has happened. How can you, you know, that's a person that's been turned over to a reprobate mind. Now, the problem with this is, uh, you know, to answer the question, does God give up on us? Really, no, because God has uh, made a way of escape for every single person. So no person will have the excuse of saying that God gave up on me. No, he, he doesn't give up on us, but God does give us a choice. Um, everybody and everything that God created, he gave it a choice. Even the angels had choices along with us humans. God is not going to make us serve him. That's not true love. Just as you have your children and your children can choose to obey and choose not to, but whether they choose or obey determines the type of uh, lifestyle they're going to have. You know, the when they obey, the more you want to do for them. And the same likewise with God. You, he's not going to make you obey, but uh, those things come with the decisions that you're going to make. So God doesn't give up on us. He gives us a way of escape. He's made a, a plan of salvation for us. But God also has uh, given each person a time limit. And so that's one of the things that I always tell my children. Do not compare your life with somebody else. Because there are things that you've seen in our house that other people have not seen. God has given you revelation. You've seen things in here that some people don't get to see. So therefore... Uh, the Lord may not give you as much time to get it right as he gives somebody else because your knowledge of the truth is further than somebody else. And so you, you can't live your life based off of that. And you can't uh, look at another person's life and be like, man, he he lived shorter than this person or that person. We don't know the inner thoughts. We don't know the inner situations of people's lives. But just know that God um, is just. And God is going to give each one of us an opportunity to listen and to do that. And so we have to think as if each day is our last because it very well could be. If you just watch the news, you see that people are leaving and waking up doing things and don't return home that next day. Uh, so that's something that we really have to keep in mind. That uh, as God put it in his own words, he will not strive with man forever. And we don't know when we get to that point with God. That's why um, we are to just be so grateful when the Lord does convict us of our wrongdoings. We shouldn't be like, okay, I got away with something one more time. No, that's what makes us pour our heart out so much to God. It's like, God, thank you that I have this another opportunity to try and strive and do what's right. And, and, when God gives you that opportunity, you most definitely want to take it and try to do what's right because uh, that's the whole job of the devil. Now, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I just want to point this out before I, I'm done. I think oftentimes we give the devil more credit than what is necessary. The Bible has told us that God won't allow us to be tempted past that which we can stand so for every temptation god has given us a way of escape the problem is this the devil makes us think that he can just come and do anything to us okay the thing is most of the 
time, 99.9% of the time, when things happen, it's not that the devil has done it to us. It's that the devil has deceived us into doing it to ourselves. For example, when Eve ate the forbidden fruit, you notice that the devil didn't take it and throw it down her mouth like a baseball. No, he had to convince her to take bite of it. And so that's what happened every day in our life with our decisions. We don't do something and then in the end, like the devil made me do it. No, the devil can't just up and make you do something. What he does is he's deceived you into doing it yourself. And so at the end of the day, what I'm getting at, when we go before God and we look at our life, we're going to see how we destroyed ourselves. Now, it was done through the influence of the devil and demons, but what I'm getting at is we do it to ourselves every day. That's why we have to pray and we really have to seek God on a regular daily basis. I always say this and I always believe this because I noticed this personally in my own life. The Bible will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from the Bible. As you start to do more stuff that don't line with God, the less you will find yourself praying and the less you will find yourself reading the Bible. The more time you spend in praying and reading the Bible and doing those things of God, the less you're going to find yourself sinning. Um, and so prayerfully this answered the question. Um, if we need more on this topic, we can do more on it. But, uh, this is a serious situation. I pray nobody, you know, anybody that hears this topic, don't take this lightly. Um, as the Bible says, salvation is a gift. And the reason why it's a gift is because, um, there's nothing you can do to earn it. And when the Lord allows you the breath and the time to make it, to him to ask for forgiveness and that conviction and all of that is there then it's really a gift it's not something that you deserve or that you know is earned it really is a gift and so uh, the fact that we able to sit and discuss this and listen to it and, and I offered another moment in time to come to God right now is a gift so uh, if the Lord passes this your way don't waste it until next time, um, be blessed.